to the Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is the Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you can be, you have decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, all those good places where you get your good podcasts and your bad ones. If you want to, uh, if you're a fellow podcaster and you're part of the Libsyn Network, I, we we broadcast through there as well. You can find us, friend us, follow us over there. We always like to uh, commiserate with our fellow podcasters. If uh, you want to follow us, Facebook and Twitter, Local Bar Media is where you can do that. And as always, comments, questions, condolences, all that good jazz can be thrown to us. Chad at localbarmedia.com. I am freshly off vacation. Had a good birthday at the beginning of the month. Thank you for those of you who reached out and wish me happy birthday. It's always wonderful to be remembered. And uh, I uh, we just got back from vacation. We, we, we do a vacation. We call it an annual vacation. We've only done it twice with these folks. We have some really good friends. We go down to a really nice spot uh, on the coast of South Carolina. Really kind of nice and kind of uh, laid back joint. And... Uh, and for some reason, we keep referring to it as the annual, I, you know, because we hope and we're pretty sure it'll just be the annual trip we have every year. But uh, we've only done it twice. But uh, it's some good friends of mine that I've known for a while. As a matter of fact, Caroline's uh, one of the friends I've had for the longest period of time. She and I met back in middle school. And um, we um, get together, just relax. It was a nice, relaxing, nice, relaxing week. Nice way to start off the, the month. Birthday, a little summer vacation, uh, and then work's just been <laughs> hell. Oh, it's been hell the past week. It's a it's just the worst time. I don't know. Um, but I hope your summer is going along. You know, th- my birthday is always at a funny time. People people don't know. Um, people don't really know when. Um, you know how to start the summer. Let, let, let me explain. My. My birthday, my birthday was always a weird time. Being being the beginning of June, rarely did I have a birthday where kids were still in school. So it was really hard. My birthday parties always had to be earlier because people were going on summer vacation. When I when I was in high school, oh, it was a great time because it was a little time we have down here in South Carolina. We call first week, which is when everything's open at the beach. The first week of summer for all of us getting out of school, and when your birthday is during that time. It can be a blast, or it can be a, a horrible hangover, or both. No reason to discount that. But what's what's funny is I do kind of throttle back a little bit um, right around my birthday and really pay attention to everybody else. It's just you know I, we were so conditioned to that as American kids. You go to school between August and May, and then you're off, or September and May. And then you're off. So, you know, we, we all, we, we, for, for all these years, we, we all kind of probably, whether we realize it or not, throttle back a little bit uh, going into the summer. What's, what's funny, though, is I, I'm always, it's always so funny to watch everyone because they can't figure out what to do. Because when you were a kid, you just 
you just didn't do anything. You didn't have to go to school. It's basically like telling an adult, you've got the summer off. You don't have to work. It is the reason, the only reason why I'm still jealous of my friends that are teachers. Um, but when you're an adult and you have kids, well, there's no throttling back. As a matter of fact, you, you get a little bit busier. You want to enjoy the nice summery day, but you don't have the time off anymore. Because you had to use it during spring break, and you, you haven't gotten your, your days saved back up yet again. But your kids, well, your kids aren't in school every day. And if they're in that weird age where they can't be at home by themselves, or they got that girlfriend now so you don't want them home by themselves. It's, it's, there's a million reasons why it's difficult. And uh, it's, it's always funny to me watching folks who, uh, <laughs> who go through that period, that, that first week. And it's kind of like watching like a cow on ice, you know, it's something that just it, it, it doesn't seem like it belongs there, but they, they do and they slide all over the place. Um, my, uh, my wife and I, we, we, we've got it down. We have a, you know, with us having a blended family, it is, it is a little trickier. It, it's, it's not as easy as you think, you know, it, it we used to have, I, what's the best way to put this? D depending on your situation, if you're a divorced parent and you're a blended family, um, if you've got kids from previous marriages, it's easy if you've got it where you have both the kids or all the kids at the same time and you don't have all the kids at the same time. That sounds very easy, but I'm telling you, it's almost damn near impossible because everybody has to sync up on the same cycle. And if your ex-significant other now has a significant other and their ex-significant other now has a significant other and those two people have kids, I mean, you see how the chain goes, right? So it can be difficult, but I will tell you that Maria is on top of it. One of the things that Maria excels at is schedules, which bore me. Um, so she does such a great job with that. We, we, we kind of get through the summer and everything, but she's like wanting to pull half of her hair out and set the other half on fire, you know, about April through May, trying to make sure that everything's set. Uh, so it's, it's just kind of a, it's kind of a funny part of the year for me. Um, had a, uh. Oh, a couple of things to talk about at the top of the show before I continue looking at my notes here. Um, a couple of things I do want to talk about. We do have some guests coming up, some fantastic guests coming up. It is Father's Day, so I wanted to talk about this. But stay tuned. We've got some really good shows coming up over the next couple of weeks. I have taken some time off from my birthday and vacation. We will be posting stuff regularly throughout the summer. We are not taking the summer off. It seems like more people listen to our show during the, the summer. There's that. Uh, I, I found out the other day. That we're one of the top 30 podcasts in Mexico? Did not know that. Not quite sure why. No, nothing against it. As a matter of fact, I fully expect to be living somewhere either down or around Mexico at some point in my life. I'd like to do it in the next uh, 10 years or so, but we'll see. So uh, thank you for, for all of our listeners down there. It is wonderful to have you be a part of the show. If you are a fan of ours that lives in Mexico, I'd love to hear from you. Chad at localbarmedia.com. Now, the, um, the, the other thing that I do want to get to, uh, Don Merkel, who does the music for our show, uh, a lot of the show, the, 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 the show music, the bumpers in the middle. And by the way, if you didn't know, the song at the end of the show, that's Don's as well. Uh, Don has got a new project going. 
it is um it, he is releasing a new album and he's doing a little bit of crowdsourcing with it to get it out there uh cuz he kind of just he wants to try to reach a bigger audience uh, and that's something that we we surely support him on if you can go to donmerkel.com i think that's i think donmerkel.com's a thing I'm pretty sure it is. You can follow him on Facebook uh, and his Instagram, but it's a little bit easier if you're on Facebook to go to his Facebook website or his Facebook site. I sound like I'm like 85. Do you have the YouTube on your computer? Your computer comes with the YouTube. It does? It does. It comes with the YouTube. That's great. That's great. Does it come with, does it come with the Google? Do you have the Google or you have the AOL? I still get the disc. I still get the disc in the mail. Do they still have this? I don't think they have this. Um... Go to uh, Facebook and go to Don Merkel's page. Uh, if you don't know where it is or you can't spell Merkel, you go to the local bar media. You can find it. We've, we've posted about it on there as well. Uh, there's a, a link for those of you that would like to help out. And it's not just charitable giving here. Don's giving away some stuff as well. Uh, actually, Don's giving away a free concert if you want. <laughs> like for you. I, I'm not talking about virtual. So go check it out. It's a it's a, a pretty cool giveaway that he's doing, and it's going to help him launch this uh, this new album. You've heard a lot of the mu- new music as bumper music here, uh, so check that out. A lot of the music we've been playing lately has been some of his new stuff. So if you've liked it, I'd say, uh, gosh, the bulk of what we've played over the past year, especially since we've been back, uh, go check it out. Don Merkel, donmerkel.com. I hope I haven't sent you to an adult site for some actor named Don Merkel. Um, go check it out and help him out. We'd really appreciate it. I know, I know he would too. Back to what I was saying. Um, I think it's I think it's getting stranger to be a parent. Every, it's it's hard to not start every show <laughs> with with the world's just getting weirder. Uh, so much when, when, when a little bit of inside baseball here. Uh, when whenever you do a little bit of um, whenever you whenever you do a podcast, you're always looking at how you're going to promote it, right? And so a lot of that's done through social media. But one of the things that I feel that I've always tried to do with this show is be a conversation between the people that email, the people that respond to the show, the people that hit us up on, on social media, and then what's going on with them. And, and so I try not to keep the, the circles so small. I, I do try to broad them out. Again, top 30 in Mexico. Happy about that. Um, but I think um, I think sometimes we, we get caught up in what we see, and, and we do think that those circles that we see really are uh, the majority of what everybody thinks, and I think I think that's a very dangerous thing. Uh, it's it's a weird dichotomy, right? Um, the, the, Twitter is such a big, expansive place, but you're really only running in the circles and the small circles of the people that you follow. So it's really you're probably getting a lot more like-minded ideas unless you really make a concerted effort to to branch out to other people. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, that's actually hard to do because their algorithms keep trying to push you towards people that are like-minded folks. And it's while that's nice and convenient, for, for people that want differing opinions, it is extremely, extremely hard. Not impossible, but very, very hard. Because of that, whenever... 
opposing opinions come in, they tend to be somewhat of an extremist because the people in your circle are pointing it out. And so what happens? Uh, things seem even weirder than they are. Now, I'm not saying that things aren't weird. Things are freaking weird. I mean, things are so weird. Things are so weird in America today that our senators just met yesterday in the top secret room, the skiff, you know, where they got to pat them down. You can't have any recording devices, soundproof room. That, 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 little, that little secret, the cone of silence, I guess, is what it looks like. For those of you that are old enough to remember Get Smart. It, it's, oh, they made that a movie. That's right. People know what that is. Um, they met about UFOs. They even changed the name. I think they call them UPAs now. I think that's what they're called. We had a section of our leadership meet about a UFO report. And it's not even front page news. That's how weird times are. No wonder you don't see the Inquirer anymore. It couldn't sell. Truth is now stranger than fiction. I don't, I don't really want to dwell on that, though. Because that's, that's not really what, what I, I want to talk about. We seem to talk about that a lot. And so I want to go in a different direction. And I want to talk to you this Father's Day week, this Father's Day weekend, as a guy that has now been a father himself for 10 years. Now, that certainly doesn't make me an expert. But I want to talk to you about something that I kind of grazed over a few minutes ago. And I think it's really important that we we talk about this. And and it's not, you know, I wanted to do the show this week because it's Father's Day and I want to have this topic. But I also think it's important, even if you're not a dad, even if you're not a guy. But I'm going to tell you, I'm probably speaking more towards the guys here. But it'd, it'd be great if we all if we all took part of this conversation. I'm talking about your time. So I have a job now. I have a job that demands something of me that I have never really had to struggle with before, uh, and that's my time. Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I've always had a job where I've traveled a good bit. That that stuff happens, but um, I, I, I commute to work, and I commute about an hour and 20 minutes each way. So I leave pretty early in the mornings, and then I leave around 5 o'clock, and I don't get home until about 30, sometimes 7, depending on traffic. Uh, while I have a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old, they're not always up that late. If I run, which my fat rear end needs to do more often and work out, I have to do it at 5 o'clock in the morning. So that's what I do. So Monday through Friday, my, my week is extremely scheduled. That is not something I am used to. I wouldn't call me a free spirit, but I'm certainly not as hell a structured one. And I have a really hard time with that. But one of the things that, that really sucks is when I add up all those hours, I realize that I actually lose about a day and a half in driving time each week. I work a five-day work week like anybody else does, but outside of those regular hours, I work another day and a half. And that, that really sucks. Because I have two daughters that are getting busier and busier. 
not only that, you know what else I don't have is that time that you just sit around and hang out. I, I've joked, and we've had Maria on the show, and we've talked about wanting to bring welding a family back. It is a show that I will tell you that I feel, um, I feel very strongly about. And, and let me just talk openly with you here. The reason I feel I feel very strong about it, I mean, like I love this show. I love this show because of your stories and the conversations we have off the air. It's my favorite thing about this show. Uh, I get to promote the things that go on in my city, my neighborhood, and my state, but but also connect us with people all, all over the world. I've always enjoyed this show for that reason. It is really neat that I am sitting in a very small studio in downtown Columbia, South Carolina, a good three iron from the state house, and uh, I get to connect with the rest of the world, and I think that's really great, and I get to shed a, a light into the wonderful area that I live in and its people. But welding a family has always been important to me because when it was on, we got great emails from people, and I felt like it really makes a difference. And the other thing is is that most shows about families really suck. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I'm not trying to be biased and I'm not trying to be too cocky, but they really do. And Maria does such a great job. And I, and I really I really hate because let's face it, she's the star of that show. This is just a rip off somewhere of Justin Robert Young and something that Joe Rogan just figured out how to do better. But I I I think that um I think that Welding a Family is just a really important show. The reason we don't do it though is my schedule. It's my time. You know, I'm gone so much. We still live, you know, we live in a world. I, I don't know how it is where you are. I think for the most part in the South, um, and I don't mean just the Southeast. I mean pretty much the entire South. But when I, when I visit a lot of other places, I think this is the same. We, we, we don't live in a world where it's really feasible to be a single-income family. Some people are able to make it work. God bless them. I'm glad that they can. Some people can't. Most of us don't. But even though we have that, we still play those traditional roles. Dad usually got the job where he's traveling more, doing a little bit more, maybe working longer hours. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking extremely generally. And I can at least say I know for a fact this is the case in our house. Um, and And... The, the wife is usually at home, probably a little bit more ensconced with what the kids are doing, kind of heading things up and all that kind of stuff. The money could be made more from the person that's not there as much. I would contend if you aren't at home as much, you better be the one making more of the money because you're sacrificing a lot. That's just my thought. Sometimes it doesn't work that way. I know some people that work from home and do extremely well. God bless them. But I think one of the things that happens for those, and I want to speak to the guys now, because we grew up seeing that. Our parents grew up seeing that. Well, our parents grew up seeing their their, their moms at home. It was just it was a different thing. And so what, what happens there is we, we kind of become blind to the fact that we're probably ignoring a lot, right? We're probably ignoring what we're sacrificing. My dad preached a sermon one time, and um, it was profound, and he based it off of the Cat Stevens uh, song, Cats in the Cradle. It's a really neat song. You've all heard it. Some of you grew up with the Ugly Kid Joe version of it. We all loved that in middle school. Now, one of the things you may not know about that song is that it was not written by Cat Stevens, yet it was written by his wife. 
And it was written as a warning to Cat about how his son was going to slide away from him through time. How profound that thought is. How easy it feels like we're supposed to catch it. How rarely any of us really do till it's too late. Because we feel like we have obligations. I've got to do this. If I don't, the family won't be happy. Now, don't get me wrong. My family's been through hell over the past four years in a lot of different ways. And I will tell you that while money doesn't buy happiness, it sure can buy a good time at Universal Studios. It's nice when the lights stay on. It's nice when the fridge is full. It's nice when you can get new shoes and, <laughs> and go out for a dinner. Yeah, that is nice. No, it doesn't buy everything, but it certainly buys some things. Money doesn't buy happiness, but it sure as hell pays the bills. All right, can we just agree on that? I think that um, I think that it's really hard because we 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 see our role as that, and then we forget sometimes about the role we need to play at home. Maria has opened my eyes over the past few years. We've done some work with foster care. We've talked about it probably more on welding a family, but a little bit here. A couple weeks ago, Maria talked about uh, on the show about how we are raising a bunch of people that just aren't tough anymore. And I don't disagree with her. I think she's absolutely spot on. I think one of the other things that's happened, though, is uh, one of the things we found in the foster care system is a lot of the people uh, that we help out uh, don't, have, don't have father figures in their life. I don't mean just dads. I mean even a, a father role model. And I think that's really tough. Um, I had friends that grew up without a dad. They've talked to me about... You know, we talk so much about oppression and, and, and where people are lacking and how they've been dealt unfair hands because of a lot of stuff they can't control. Um, one of the things that always breaks my heart is when I hear the ones tell me, no, let me tell you how hard it was because I didn't really have a good dad, how I didn't have a dad, how it took me until I was in my 30s to realize where my problems really laid. I blamed it on everybody else and even myself, and then I realized that part of it was I just didn't get the training that I needed to from a strong male role model. I know that we live in a time where people don't want to hear that kind of stuff. We, we kind of try to play down the male role model thing, but, but I'm going to tell you, it has its place just like anything else. Oh, don't get me wrong. Moms are super important. I mean, let's, let's, let's not kid ourselves, right? And I don't mean just for birthing them babies. I'm talking about for their nurturing and their love and and all the other things that, that strong role models can teach us. But I, I don't back down from the fact that I see a lot of people that have come to me and told me that they wished they had stronger male role models. I worry that some of us are taking ourselves out of that role, too, even though we feel like we're doing what we're supposed to. You know, we watch the old shows with the Archie Bunkers or the other dads that seem to be there but aren't really there. And we think we're not like that because what we're doing, what we're earning more money, it has nothing to do with the dollars that we have. My um, my uncle died a few months back from COVID. It was, it was sad. 
He was in his early 60s, 61 or 62, I can't remember. He went in for a knee surgery uh, here at a hospital, contracted COVID, uh, was at the hospital across the street from where I work. And I tried to slide up there to see him. <laughs> I tried to get in, and, and I was actually up working on the COVID floor. I thought, maybe, I met his case manager, maybe I could get in to see him. I mean, there was no way. Ended up catching COVID. Um, when he passed away, I think it really shocked us. We didn't think that that would happen with him. Um, but he did. But I, I, I want to tell you something about him. And it's not its not about the father figure he was to me. We, 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 I, I loved my uncle very much. He was a very good man. Uh, his son... Uh, Wesley has been on the show before, did a great job on, on the show. His, his life has taken off. He's doing a great job uh, with becoming the young man that, that, that he is. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with his great mother and his aunt that he has that are a wonderful support system, uh, the grandmother that he had who recently passed away, but, um, but also certainly because of his dad. But his dad, his, there's something about Wiley that I always thought was really amazing. So my uncle was a really good guy. Now, everybody, everybody who passes, we say that. I'm not just saying that. Let, let me explain something to you. My uncle really loved his community. He, he lived in a very small community. He was a pharmacist, opened up his own pharmacy, did a lot of work for people, did some stuff behind the scenes for folks, helped out wherever he could, did mission trips, uh, I, think it, I think at least once a year for a very long time, down to Honduras. We're not talking about the easy ones. He um, he was very involved in his community, uh, was known as a really funny guy, was always taking whenever there was like a Dancing with the Stars thing that the community would do to raise money, he was on it. This man, by the way, for those of you that are in the South that know Hee Haw, I remember as a kid sitting around the TV watching because my uncle was on an episode of Hee Haw clogging. Yes, I have seen my uncle <laughs> clog that great Southern dance uh, on, on Hee Haw. That's that's Chad. Tell me, tell me you're really a southerner without telling me you're really a southerner. There you go. But he was always very uh, dedicated to to all that. Now, while he did very well for himself, I mean, he's a good businessman. He was a pharmacist. He was in a town that greatly needed it. There was a huge need for what he did. Man, man did well for himself. But if you went to his house, it's it's a very nice house. I don't want to say it's of modest means, as if I'm putting it down. It's a very nice house in a, in a very inexpensive part of the state. You see, he, he, he had the money. The money wasn't the thing. But people needed the time. Being in his church gave a lot to his church. Not just his money, but his time. And I always thought that that was pretty wonderful of Wiley. But I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Because I wasn't extremely close with him, I didn't know where it came from. As a matter of fact, my own naivety in my family, I thought that he was just always like that. My dad's a United Methodist minister. Maybe Wiley just kind of followed in his footsteps with that kind of stuff. The, my grandparents had a huge sense of servitude about them. They were really big into all the community clubs. That generation just seemed to do that. That whole World War I, World War II generation, they, that was just important to them. Their civic duty was a completely different thing than what we call it now. Again, they were very tough people living through very tough times. But that's not what drove Wiley to be like that. 
see, my cousin Carl, Wally's son, died when he was uh, 20 years old. Carl was born with a, a, a heart condition. I think somewhere deep down inside, I knew that I would not see Carl live to be 60. But I, I thought I'd live to see him be 21. He was in college up at Walford uh, University, uh, where my dad uh, went to school as well uh, and served on the board there and uh, has a lot of ties with that, with that university. And, and Carl loved that, that college as well. And he, um, while there, he, he, he had a condition with his heart. He had a, a hole in his heart that just never r- repaired itself and some other issues like that. And uh, sadly, he passed away at way too early of an age. A lot of people loved that kid. I loved that kid. His father certainly did. You see, what I didn't know is that while Wiley struggled with the loss of his son, he he made a promise. I don't really know how Wiley's head worked. I don't know what Wiley thought about God or the afterlife. I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I have an idea because he was so big in his church. But I don't know if there was doubt there, you know, maybe something that I just didn't know. But Wally told my dad, and my dad mentioned this at the funeral, so this is okay for me to say, but he he told my dad at some point that he was going to live every single freaking day of his life to the best of his ability in a way that God would want him to because he would be damned if he didn't do what he could do to see his son again when he passed. Now, I know that people make promises and they, they, they say things like that, but they, they feel it in their heart, but they don't really show it in their actions. Sadly, because Wiley's life was cut so short, I can tell you that he did. It's hard to be a father these days. It's hard to not get jaded when bad things happen. It's hard to not get angry because your kids are exposed to, to so much. It's hard to get angry when it seems like so much of what goes on with your kids is outside of your reach, and you have to make these incredible sacrifices just to keep them as close as you can to you. It's hard because the world's an expensive place to live, and you have to find a way to make money. But you you lose that time, and God, in so many ways, I feel like I've lost who I, I really am, and I'm fighting that. I'll, I'll openly tell you that I, I'm struggling keeping who I am for some reason. I don't I don't know what it is, except that I can point to you that I have a lot less time, and I think that's where it starts. If I'm feeling that myself, what would my what are my kids feeling? All the time while he had, all of it, all of it, he dedicated to his family, his community, his church, to everybody who came in contact with him. Hell, to people he didn't know, but he did it because he loves his family, and he loves both of his boys. He's proud of both of them. And since... Since Carl died when he was 20, he's only been able to be with one at a time. But he's still with one at a time. I know it for a fact. 
I got three friends. Uh, they've been on the show. Matt, Matt with one T Bridges. Uh, he, he's he for a long time. He he and Bryn seemed to be on the show quite a bit back in the early days. Matt's a good friend of mine, uh, and, and you you know him and love him as the uh, aptly named Chewbacca on this show. Uh, Matt was going to be on the show tonight. Didn't work out. Why? Because Matt's a new dad. And when I say new dad, I mean brand new dad. A baby's puking up. He's trying to go to work. Wife's, uh, you know, concerned. And she's been dealing with crying, puking baby all day. Matt goes home, still crying, puking baby. I think they've given that child three baths and eight meals. And Matt's got baby duty tonight. He wanted to join us tonight. Just wasn't going to happen. It's okay. Uh, our friends, uh, Tommy, uh, Thomas Horton, who has not been on my show yet, but one of the guys that was, uh, an important part of my life. He was, uh, a guy that I lived with when I was going through the divorce. As a matter of fact, the very first episode of this show was recorded at Tommy's house because I was living with him. I think the first six months and then our friend Jeremy pretty. Pretty, who's been on the show before? What am I? What a very underrated show, by the way. We give Jeremy a lot of hell uh, because he's an idiot, but it's a very underrated show. Uh, all three of us have been through a lot of the same thing. All three of us have found uh, our successes one way or another. All three of our lives look pretty different. I mean, all, all three of us are, or four of us, all three of them and me, all four of us are, are, are pretty happy dudes. But one of the things that I think is interesting, we obviously have a group text going between us, and we have for a long time. I participate in it whenever I can because these fools seem to like to. Uh, so so let, me, let me explain to you about this group text. This is a great, this is a great, this is a great point to make. So these, so when I knew these guys, I was the only dad. I had Bryn. Bryn was four, okay? Three. Three when I moved in with Tommy. God, can you believe that? Three years old. And um, Jeremy and Matt and Tommy and uh, were just making bad decisions and, and dating, <laughs> dating the wrong people. Hey, maybe all four of us were doing that. And, uh, and it was always hard for me, though, because there were weekends I had Bryn, and I had to fight – Hey, we're going out to the Tipsy Toad tonight. Come on, we're going to go. I was like, I can't. I got Bryn. I'll bring her along and leave her in the car. I mean, they didn't say that. I'm joking. But, you know, there was still this peer pressure when I'm doing dad weekend and they're not. So we now have this group text, and we've had it for years. And as as we've moved around town and and gotten married and and started moving and started jobs or whatever, we we've kept up. But see, these fools these fools like to text uh, usually when I'm driving and usually at night when I'm playing with my kids or trying to go to bed because again my fat rear end has to get up at five to run in the morning. It's kind of funny now that they're all dads. Uh, it, it it has kind of dissipated at night a little bit more. Now it is funny. It picks up somewhere around two in the morning when I get up to pee because I'm old. And uh, Tommy and Matt are feeding babies. So they're, they're like little pockets of conversation now. And it, it is kind of funny watching the evolutionary process because I was like these these guys' older uh, kind of creepy uncle when I was living with them. And uh, maybe cool uncle. No, creepy uncle. And uh, and now as they're kind of moving up the ranks with, with the kids in, in different levels, it, it is kind of funny to see. Going back to what we talked about, like, you know, parents – right at the beginning of summer, not knowing what to do. Tommy just kind of got through that. Matt's in the middle of that. Jeremy's been through it now for a couple of years. But it, it is like that thing. Like I, 
I brought the kid home. I don't know what to do with it. All those things that we all feel. And you can tell someone, oh, listen, they're not as fragile as you think. But you remember what you thought, too, with that first baby. I mean, it's it's just that way, right? We're all really lucky. We all have very good kids. Uh, I haven't seen Matt's baby yet. But uh, from all reports, me, Pork, Tommy, Chewy, uh, we, we've all been very blessed with very good kids. Seems like all the babies are pretty easy babies. And so we, we, we know we're, we're pretty dang lucky with that. It's fun, it's fun to watch your friends go through that. You know, it's fun to know that this is the first Father's Day coming up this weekend that, that these three guys that were an imperative part of my life when I was changing it and turning my world upside down because of, of what I believed I needed to do in a very hard and difficult and sad way. It's, it's interesting to see that, that all of us will be fathers for the first time. All of us, not, for, not you know, fathers for the first time, but for the first time, all of us will be dads going into this weekend. And I love it for them because it's wonderful. But, man, we talk about the world, too. But, you know, it doesn't matter what the world does. It matters in how we explain it. And in order to do that and to be the role model, we, you have to be there. I got another friend that I'm going to have on this show one of these days. His name's Kenny Murphy. He's a great guy. Uh, he and his wife, Angie, are people that we hang out with a good bit. Kenny is a very hardworking guy. Both he and Angie are. They do a great job with their kids. They homeschool their kids, and Angie probably should be homeschool teacher of the year with what she does. It is phenomenal. I swear Angie is running her own school better than most private schools I see. It's, it's phenomenal. Kenny's a very hardworking guy. He's done an extremely good job for himself. We'll tell you that the Lord has blessed him, and I'm sure that he has. But Kenny didn't just sit around and wait for the Lord to bless him. This guy, this guy has worked his butt off, and he does a very good job not only in his business, but in being a dad. He balances out time better than I think anybody I've ever seen that's that successful. I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong with the people that I know, but none of them come to mind quicker than, than Kenny. And it's funny because his kids have similar interests. He's got two boys that are really into all the hunting and fishing and stuff that you do. He does have a daughter, though, that's the oldest. And, and she's got some of the same interests. I don't want to say they're polar opposites by any means, but, you know, kids are going to have different interests. Man, Kenny's there. He's there. Spending time with them. They're great kids. They are great kids. The, the trick is not the school they went through, although the school they go to is, is amazing because it's their mom. The trick isn't, you know, that, that they, they visit the right sites on the Internet, that they follow the right people on Twitter. No. Whether they follow the right or wrong people on Twitter is irrelevant because of the parents they have, but especially that dad. And moms, I don't mean to, 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 to not mention you enough here, but this is a Father's Day thing, okay? And I'm saying it because I think dads just discount that way too much. All my years in hospice, all my years and all my patients that I sat beside their bed and all those people that I got to sit and listen to them speak the truth like you don't get to hear. Not at least as many times as I have. That that meme that you see is absolutely true. Nobody sits around saying they wish they had worked longer. 
I hate to tell you this, but 90% of the time it's regret, at least on some level. I wish I would have. I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. I wish I had gone to more games. Look, there's some things we just can't make. We live in a world where it's almost impossible to get time off. I'll tell you this. My vacation last week, we were at the beach Saturday to Saturday. I still drove all the way out of town an hour and 45 minutes instead, both ways, to work Monday and Tuesday. It sucks. We, we, it's, it's hard to do in America. We do a terrible job of vacation time. We, we, we still live in the old industrial age, 20% growth each year, where it's actually just impossible to even expect that. But we, we, that's, that's the adage we have. We're an overworked society, overstressed, and we're just kind of over-worrying about it. We're okay because what happens with guys is we work the crap out of them so much, most of us die of either a heart attack or drinking, smoking, or cancer that's related to drinking or smoking. That's exactly how my grandparents died. That's exactly how a lot of my dad's friends that aren't here anymore passed away. It's, you don't have to worry about health care costs if the average age of the average man doesn't move anywhere. You see, what I'm saying is no one's going to come tell you how to do it. You have to forge your own path. Over the next few weeks, I've got some people that are going to come on the show, and that you will, see a, you will see a theme of this. You'll see a theme of people who are talking not only about the time that you need to spend, but about how you can't expect someone to offer it to you. You, you do have to go find it. There are people that have. I'll tell you that my, my, my boy Tommy is, has done a pretty dang good job with that. With the businesses that he owns, he's gone a long way from counting pennies to, to figuring out how to uh, count his multiple payrolls that he has for different businesses. The guy's done a good job. But he, he also knows how to spend that time. We, we all kind of come from a background, though, being in sales, that we like to get that time. We like to meet at the bar at 3 o'clock if we want to. We like to blow off some steam on golf uh, 12 o'clock on a Friday when everybody's on a conference call. We're on them, too. We just have Bluetooths in our ear, and we're making sure we're hitting that mute button while we're all uh, jabbing each other uh, over what, whoever hit the worst shot. I mean, we, we're, we're those kind of guys. That's where our that's where the humor and the livelihood and all that builds up inside of us. We 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 are not to be caged animals, people. That's just that's not what we are. Tommy's figured out a way to to keep that. And it now extends to his time with his kids. I think it's brilliant. I think it's what you're supposed to do. So over the next few weeks, or next actually the next couple months, we're gonna have some people that you'll hear a little bit of that common theme. I, I want to challenge you especially you dads this this could go to anybody but especially you dads and you know what I'm, I'm i'm throwing this to myself as well when you hear these conversations over the next couple of months take it to heart look we live in a world where we're finding more ways to work remotely we're finding more ways to to, to be more active in different ways in our lives we've realized that zoom calls just don't do it so when you're at the next game and you're sitting there and you're and you're filming your kid play, 
on a video that you're not going to ever watch again, take a couple minutes if you want to because you want to share it on Instagram. Then put the phone away and take it in. Zoom meetings don't do it. Go be there. Yes, you can't make everything. It sucks. That's what being a parent, whether you're male or female, being a parent, you're just not going to get to everything. That, that sucks. If you got multiple kids, you certainly aren't going to get to everything. They don't all have the same schedule. Yeah, it sucks. But do you have to go to work today? Can you take the day off? Can you sneak out early? Can you just say screw it and say I'm taking a half day? When you're there on the weekends, can you be there on the weekends? And you know what? If your job's just not doing it, I had news for you. I get retirement. I, I get it. I get that that stuff's important. I'm not trying to say that it isn't. But I'll tell you two truths that you don't really want to hear. Number one, most of you that say you're planning for it are nowhere near it. And you're going to have to make some major changes anyway. Maybe one of them should be your expectations. Maybe you should find a way to be happy. And number two, I've, I've had to sprint before to make up for what I've spent before. You can make up money. You know what you can't make up? Yeah. That time. So happy Father's Day. To all the dads, especially you new dads out there, especially my friends that are new dads for the first time. It's, it is fun. It's exciting. It is weird. You're holding this thing that you created. You can't figure out how you did it. I mean, it's weird because you helped create it, but you did like <laughs> none of the work. It's, I mean, listen, it's a, it's a, that's a joke, but it, it actually is something that goes through most guys' heads. It's weird. It's like, well, I know this is mine, but I, I haven't done anything for nine months. I've watched her go through all this kind of pain. I watched the delivery. I haven't done crap, but somehow this came from me, too. And you get to enjoy it. And, yeah, you should. You should do that. You should, Matt. You should take baby duties most nights. You had had nine months you didn't have to do it. I did. Man, I got up with Bryn in the middle of the night, and I got up with her every morning. And you know why I did it? Because I wanted to. Oh, when they hit three. (laughs) And they're not sleeping. That's Flip a coin over that crap. Fake sleep. Keep snoring. That fake snore. I'm going to tell you now, she knows the difference between your fake snore and your real snore, and she's just calling you an ass as she goes to check on her kid. I'm just letting you know. We, It's weird out there. The world is just getting stranger, and it's because we're letting it. And why should we be surprised? Most of us, the life I just described on this show tonight – most of you sat there and realized that you probably had more in common with it than you think because all this crap sneaks up on you. It really does. It's easy for it to get out of control. It's easy for it to get out of your hands, but but we don't need to let it do that. I've been very lucky to have a, a good family, to not have to deal with a lot of the problems I've heard other people deal with. I've had a father figure my entire life, one that was a preacher, that even if he didn't have anything to say to me, <laughs> I heard a message every Sunday. 
came from very good uh, grandparents. Two very tough men. They may not have been the most lovable, sure, but uh, they loved me. Well, I can't say that. They loved the hell out of me. But they were tough. They were fault, full of faults, and so and so am I. I think being aware of what those faults are, fixing them, is great. Not just for your kids, but for you. Because when you're laying there on that bed, and that younger version of me is sitting there talking to you, you're going to regret some things, but try to cut down on what that is. It may surprise you that that day, that day can be here faster than you think. You can't make up the time you miss today, tomorrow. It doesn't work like money does. It just doesn't. You're going to lose some days. You're going to lose some hours, minutes. You're going to lose some of them, sure. But it doesn't mean you should lose all of them. Take some time. Take some stock in yourself. Think about where your capital is most important to the people in your lives, especially those kids of yours. You know why you've listened to me ramble for 50 minutes on this subject? Because you know deep down that I'm right. And you know that either you or someone you know, the way Cat Stevens' wife did, needs to hear this message. I do think it's a shame that so many people resonate with this. Or this resonates with so many people. But, but, we start today. We can't do anything about yesterday, but we can do something about today and tomorrow. Make yourself proud a year from now. Go into the next Father's Day dedicating yourself to making a difference in your life, in your kid's life. You can do it. I saw my uncle do it. I've seen other men do it. You can do it. I believe in you. No matter how fragile you think they are, no matter how scattered it all seems to be, no matter how, how useless you may feel in some situation, the one thing I can guarantee you is you're making a difference if you're there. Happy Father's Day. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. So different.